Today, I am sitting down with Tian Neo Imas. He's a wizard, artist, gender guide, teacher, and consultant. The first Asian trans man to publicly come out in Vancouver, BC, 2002, Tian has transformed himself from one who suffered in his oppressed reality to one who lives in joy and magic and thrives in his created life. And today he's going to share with us how he did that, how he transformed his life to create a life of absolute magic and joy. Um, I am I am so excited about this. And I have to tell you guys, I have known Tian for many years, although I didn't really know him. In fact, the first time we met, I don't think Tian would even remember it. I was a server in a restaurant where his networking group would attend all the time. And, um, but I remember Tian from that moment because he stood out to me as someone who just seemed very charismatic and gave off an incredible energy. And so he stuck in my mind all of these years. So even though I haven't really known him, I feel like I've known him and I followed him for a long time on social media, which is why I reached out to him to come on the show because I have been following him and I love his story. He's going to share his story with you today. And it is one that will inspire you, delight you. And, um, I just know that everyone who hears the story is going to be better for having heard it. So you're in for a treat, sit back, relax, and, and enjoy this incredible conversation with Tian. You're listening to The Terry Holland Show, the podcast for high-performing entrepreneurs ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And if you want to get there faster, go to terryholland.ca. Tien, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on with me today, and I'm so excited to have you here. Yay, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yay. So, um, you know, I just want to jump right in. The, the reason I invited you on the show was I've been so fascinated by your story and your journey of how you've become who you are today. And I've watched you, I've been, I feel like I've been stalking you a little bit on social media. <laughs> I always love watching what you're doing and, and hearing your stories and, and your videos and stuff. So I really want to have you come on and share your journey and your story because I think that there's, there's a huge impact in your story mm -hmm. for other people to hear. Mm -hmm. So how about we start with that? Tell us. Tell oh my us God, the you. story is so long. Give a fine I tune. Know. No, let's <laughs> give us the full, full story. Oh the full version. <laughs> this will be the synopsis for the, uh, for the promo for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I always welcome stalkers. Stalkers are always fun. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I have got very clear physical boundaries and physical like energy. So stalkers are always welcome i know who i who i attract and who i'm not interested in attracting and you know, all my various people who show up are all aligned to what i'm up to right so and if they get weird that's fine it's not a big deal it's their stuff it's not about me totally well <laughs> I, right. I hope i don't get weird <laughs> no not at all don't worry about it <laughs> um so gosh my story ah uh, geez should start from when i was born two weeks a week and a half ago 52 years ago how about that how about that, Let's go with that. <laughs> actually yeah it was a week and a half ago you're right so um i was born in um so my full name is tian nio imas it is an invented name part of it is given by my family 
And uh, so Tian is part of the uh, Chinese first half of my name because I am Chinese and Indonesian and we have Chinese Christianized names. So I kept the Tian, which is basically the name of all my family people and my generation. We are all a Tian something. So I kept Tian. And then when I changed, um, it used to be Tian We, and prior to that, it was a Christianized name, We, with the last name. So I got rid of the Chinese second half, and I replaced it with Neil in 2012. It came down in a very clear guidance. Cool. Because I said, all right, I'm publishing my first deck of cards, um, my guidance card deck, and it's my first publication. And I hate my name, <laughs> right? And I was like, okay, this does not work, right? You got to be very smart about how you're now going to be seen in the world as you start to grow um, and grow your teachings and grow your fans and all that, right? So, um, so it was very great because I said, okay, I want Imas. Imas is Indonesian for gold because gold is all about purity. It's energy. It's sun. I'm an alchemist. I love the metal gold. I'm also a goldsmith. So that worked. But it didn't flow numero numerologically. It didn't flow. And spoken-wise, it's odd. Tian Imas just didn't quite flow, right? Right. And so I was sitting down, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to let you do, do whatever, and it'll come to me. And soon enough, it just came right through, and my grandma came through. And I was like, oh, grandma. And, and I quickly messaged my cousin in Singapore. I was like, what? Was grandma's last name Neil? And she said, yeah. I said, Thank you. And I did the numerology and Tian Neo Imas just showed up. So it's uh, Neo obviously is Latin also for the one. Yes. So my name Tian uh, stands for heaven. So in meaning, it's translated to the one of heaven and gold. Not oh, pretty cool. I, love right? it. That's so, I just I got goosebumps. That is so I know. Cool. <laughs> it's so awesome. I love it. It's it such an easy process. But So that is how you pronounce my name. And I am um, part Indonesian and part Chinese. I was born in Singapore uh, in 1968, uh, June 25th. So I'm a cancer baby and with a bunch of Gemini things, which allows me to have a nice public persona, cool. allows me to be nice and friendly and make friends. But because I have a cancer side, hence my very strong bubble. And this right. great side that like just knows exactly when I'm done with people, I'll be at a party and I'll be like, Okay, see ya, bye. And I'm gone. So I've got very clear, like, nope, yeah. I need to be alone. See ya. <laughs> um, now, Singapore in 1968 is not the same country that just got re-released on Netflix, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, not that country. That super first world country that I really don't know anything about. I find it fascinating. But it was kind of still partly third world. Um, and I was brought up into a fundamentalist, uh, mixed race, mixed class family. A fundamentalist Christian okay. and um, I was also given the gender marker of female so I was born and given the gender marker of girl uh, my parents uh, were you know did their best I'm sure they did right. and I did go through lots of um, intense experiences then and I was also physically abused very regularly so I had to go through that whole process um, I did come to Canada in uh, 1987 and uh, at the time of my childhood to about that was fascinating I had to go through a lot of stuff around my gender experience, uh, being told that I had to be a girl 
uh, meant a whole bunch of things that I just did not align with. I was like, well, whatever, I'm just me, I'll just do my thing. And over time, it started not to be okay that Tian, at that time, my name was Ray, uh, didn't do uh, her thing, right? Was not allowed to do her thing and she had to like be this whole thing called girl. So already the whole stuff around gender, um, like my expression of gender did not match what the world said I should be. And then coming here to Vancouver, I suddenly fell, uh, um, fell into the, uh, the lesbian community um, because I was new to this country and I, I was in the fine arts department and I would see like these kind of boyish, mannish looking women. And I went, oh, maybe I'm one of those kinds of people since I'm not really a girl. I'll just go follow them and maybe they're my kind of people. So I follow them. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up in a world of like, not just about gender expression, but also about sexuality. So that was a fun ride of about 10 years being a lesbian. Um, the life experience was really quite intense because the biggest part of my first six years in Canada, I was, um, I had a lot of immigration challenges and I still suffered a lot of kind of um, like fear and what they call it, dis dissociation right. uh, around my parental, my parents showing up, they would come and visit me or they'd call me often and I would just completely lose it and freak out and I went through tons of physical ailments and I would, I hated myself. I was in such a distraught that I would, all my chemical balance was not um, at its optimum. And so I ended up like uh, self-mutilating a lot during those times of disassociation because I was so scared of them coming to take me back home to Singapore uh, to live the life there because I had experienced a little bit of freedom now that I was in Canada. I was like, oh, I didn't have to be scared of my parents. I could be who I want more. I could you know, dress more a little bit. I didn't have to be forced to go to church and you know behave a certain way. So that was a big part of my experience during the first six years. And I did uh, get landed uh, with a very unique, you know, must remember now, now it's 2020. Mm -hmm. And I have been in this country 32 years. And um, the LGBTQ rights and evolution has massively changed in the past five years even. Yeah. Much less so in the past 10 years and 20, 30 years, right? That back in the 1990s was a really powerful time of lots of protesting, lots of rights and, and, and governmental you know, laws being changed and adjusted and challenged. Uh, because at that point, um, gays and lesbians, which is what that community was, was not a legal thing. You could not get married. It was it wasn't illegal per se, like they would persecute you, right. but it wasn't out. Mm -hmm. People were not out at that point. So uh, I did come into the country with a very unique uh, way of getting in, which was via the uh, same sex uh, humanitarian and compassionate ground. So I was the first Asian lesbian in Canada to come in via that way, which was this funny little underground route of like, getting the because in the immigration system there's a way of if you appeal to the human rights and uh, humanitarian and compassionate manner for whatever the immigration body and if your story was appealing enough and brought forth a lot of compassionate reasons they could let you in 
Right. That's the discretionary place. I don't know what it's so right now, but that was back then, you know, yeah. 30 years ago or 20 something years ago, that was the case, right? So I got in uh, because I was in a relationship with a woman. And uh, at that point, remember, I still thought I was a lesbian. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so did all that great, awesome. And then shortly after uh, that relationship ended, and which then threw me into a whole place of uh, insecurity and not knowing what I was doing in this country because I was so, I played so small and diminished myself in that seven year long relationship because of my obligation to her. Because right. this was the woman, because of her, I got into this country. Right. right? Yeah. And through my past of knowing of how to relate to women, uh, my mother, who pretty much abused me every day, um, I was terrified of her. And so I carried on that relationship into uh, my, my same-sex partner where I was afraid of her all the time. So I played small because I didn't stand up for myself. Right. I mean, in hindsight, my God, that was a gift, right? As we all know, as we transform our lives, all the most horrible things that happen to us are an, a beautiful, beautiful yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Hence, I'm always grateful for my mom. I'll always lovingly say she's still alive and we're not in touch. But I, all, I have so much love for her. You know, and I love her, that evil old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and I love her. She did her best, yeah. you know, and, and she did what she did. And I love her because if not for what she did, I wouldn't be who I am. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't be powerful and strong and resilient and just be able to laugh at, you know, what, what happens when human beings do stupid things to each other and are nasty and are horrible because they're not connected to their true source of light and joy and love and all that good stuff. Right? Yeah. So with that whole thing, with that, with that woman, um, I played small and I let myself stay in that relationship and it broke me down to nothing. I had no idea who I was after that. I had no idea. Uh, I had no even, uh, no design style. It occurred to me one day after wow. she left, I said, I don't know what furniture to get because she took everything. Right. And I had no idea what to get. And I realized that I had lost myself and I am a very expressed artist. Yeah. But at 32 years old, I had no idea what I loved because I had shut myself down for seven years. And it was a beautiful experience to really create myself bit by bit again. Like, Oh, I actually like dark wood and white walls and classic lines and, you know, cool. all that kind of stuff, right? So I developed myself from there. Uh, shortly after was when I actually had to go through my big shifts in my life where I started to realize that um, I was actually trans. And I was at this point still living my life as a woman. Mm -hmm. And it just showed up because I met somebody. I'd met a, a friend who had transitioned, uh, an, uh, a South Asian guy in Toronto. And uh, it freaked me out completely. I was freaked out. My hairs were standing when I had tea with him. And I was so scared and so cold. And I asked him just a couple basic questions. And, and I just knew it. This in front of me was what was possible for me. Wow. And I knew that all this time, 
me trying to fit into the mold of woman just did not work and it never ever worked right and i played the game for like you know 33 by the time i was 33 years old i played the game since the moment i was aware of it that i had to start like pretending to be somebody else mm -hmm. or limit my full expression so i could fit into this one tiny box called girl and then that became woman right right so when i I never, you know, I never had an experience of what people call gender dysphoria. And according to me, I actually don't believe in gender dysphoria. Mm -hmm. I'll go more into that later if you want to Perfect. find out. But yeah, I'd love to. Because that is all a concept that's made up. Mm -hmm. We are simply being, we are soul. Right. And then the, the, the current conversation of gender, even as it's evolving very fast right now, um, says that you've got to be a man or a woman and then the human young human person believes that that is the truth but there's no such thing as man and woman right that's just being and then there's the mammal body that the soul occupies right but society gives it a meaning and gives it definition which if the person is brainwashed by that willingly or not unconsciously they will start to believe that I should be either man or woman. And if you don't fit into other, you start to believe there's something wrong. with you. Yes. And then the system, the medical system perpetuates that. And that's where gender dysphoria comes from. Wow. So I don't believe in gender dysphoria. I transitioned in 2002 because I knew that the box of woman never fit me because I knew that I am just soul. I am pure being. Mm -hmm. And as long as people saw me as woman, I was not, I had very limited access to opportunities. And also I couldn't be free to just be whatever the hell I am. And I knew there's so much more than just woman. I'm not a woman. I'm Tian. Yes, great. Stop treating me like this one very teeny tiny box of woman because that's not who I am. I'm like, right, you're so much more than that, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. That's why I transitioned. And uh, it was only after I transitioned that then all that stuff gets so challenging. I was the first Asian trans man to transition in Vancouver. Wow. And we were very small world at that point. LGBTQ did not exist. It was just right. lesbian and gay. Right. So the gay and lesbians did not like the trans people. Oh, wow. And were not, you know, had not evolved yet as a group to now include, because now, of course, it's all part of that community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at that point, no. So, um, so the trans people, we had our own teeny tiny little community. And a lot of people, most people were white. And all the trans guys I knew were all white. I was the only Asian. I think there was one wow. other First Nations person and one other black person. Wow. And um, so my experience was very different. And, you know, my Asian being has, I'm more androgynous as an immigrant Asian. I'm not Canadian born, Canadian beef hormones in my system. <laughs> Right. Well, it's yeah. true, right? Your true. physiology. Yeah. yeah. You can tell Canadian born Asians, they're usually like bulkier. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The immigrant Asians were all slimmer, were smaller, you know, like that because yeah. of our diet. Um, so I, I would look at my white trans buddies and they were all furry and 
growing beards and and i was just me i never grow beard my brothers don't have beards because that's just our stock we're not hairy people right and so given that north america hair is such a crucial indicator of man oh yeah i for years just could not pass as a man so i went through a good six seven years of always uh, being called ma'am and all of that stuff and and not being listened to when i corrected them they'd be like no that's not true what you say you're a man what the hell that's not you're not like that kind of wow. ignorance yeah that was that time people were ignorant right they would challenge me i would do like personal development training and people would be like yeah, you're not a man. You'll never be a man. You look just like a woman. I don't care what you say you are. You're just a woman, right? That was the reality. Oh, it, wow. That was on top of it. Like, that was like, um, incredibly lonely. Like, it, to me, that sounds so lonely. It was. And I was the only Asian one. So I had to, the medical system did not know what to do with us to begin with. Right. And then if there were a few psychiatrists that we could see so that we could then be approved for hormone therapy or surgical uh, surgeries. Um, I remember it got so clear to me when uh, one of the psychiatrists said to me, so are you actually ready to become a man? Are you ready to become all um, stinky and hairy and big? And I said to him, dude, I'm becoming a guy. I'm not becoming a white guy. Oh, that's awesome. But that was indicative. Yes. Model of what man was, was very white. Yes. So on top of the whole new thing of this weird trans thing that's now coming in, you know, like, what is this trans person? Mm -hmm. That was not, now they're everywhere, you know, but, you know, at that point there was, I still am the first trans person that tons of my friends have ever met. I am, and I always will be, right? Um, so there was the isolation of not being seen, not being heard as a trans person, as a person whose gender was un, didn't fit into either or, and then to be objected to and humiliated repeatedly wow. because of my declaration not being heard, and people would sh- shut me down and mock me publicly in all sorts of areas, or disacknowledge me, or just pure ignore me. And or the best part, which happened all the time, was to not even see me because they were stuck in their heads the whole time and weren't present. So they were never, so for a good eight years, people were not present. You see, this is the reason why a lot of trans people at that point killed ourselves. Because of exactly as you said, the loneliness. Mm -hmm. We aren't even being looked at or seen or spoken to. Wow. People are in their heads, not being present, trying to figure out what the hell is that. And so that was the reality I lived in, plus on top of it, me being a color and uh, the racism that just compounded and went on top of that and the isolation, and the, you know, no family support and being disowned by my family after I came out to them as trans and all of that stuff and dealing with my own stuff around, you know, family abuse and history and lack of access in this country as an immigrant, right? Uh, so I did do that for a good, you know, I began transition 2002. So a good, like, you know, seven years. Mm-hmm. I tried so hard. I tried so hard. I did my best. And um, by the time 2009 came around, I had internalized so much of that ignorance and that yeah, hatred 
and you know mockery that I was taken down. And so by 2009, I was so I was lost once again and in tears all the time because I could not live like this. I was trying so hard. And you had met me at that yes. point at a networking thing. It was about six months prior to what I'm going to talk about next, right? Where I was trying so hard and, my, and I was in networking groups with my business and business was suffering because I wasn't fully, I wasn't there. You know, we are our source of our financial and business success. But if I wasn't, I had no, mm, Tian was not there because Tian had, was suffering so much. A suffering in like transphobia, hatred, racism, you know, like abuse, all of that stuff, right? And then my finances were going down the tubes. I was in so much debt because I couldn't generate anything. There was no support. So in 2009, I did attempt suicide. And that was spring. Um, always remember this. It was uh, April 13th on a Monday evening. Wow. I'd had enough. And so I did attempt suicide. And um, of course, now I know that was the most amazing thing that had happened to me. It was what I call my Phoenix Rising. So after that, the wizard was born, right? So part of my branding is I am a wizard. The yeah. wizard was born after that. Because up until then, I continued the narrative of my life sucks and I'm unhappy. I'm suffering because you. Are a racist jerk, or because you are transphobic, or you are being ignorant, or you are Lala, or because you, my parents, beat me up, or whatever. Right. Or you, you know, white, blah, 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 all sorts of stuff, right? It was always been me suffering because of you. Now, I'm not saying that all that stuff doesn't happen. We right. all know stuff happens. Of course, racism happens. Of course, transphobia happens. Of course, hatred happens. Of course, abuse happens. But I didn't have an access to another way of being about it. I didn't know I could be somebody else in the face of hatred. I didn't know because it was my habitual cultural context that I lived in. That's all I knew. You fight the system. Right. You know, when I was an Asian lesbian activist that's all we did go out there and protest 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 fight the system everybody's bad you racist person you la 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 you know yeah. you homophobic person and everything was everybody else's fault right mm -hmm. so i only knew that and so when i came the next morning after my suicide i woke up and i was obviously disappointed that i was still around mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you choose to die, you just yeah. want to die. You're done, right? Right. So <laughs> if it didn't work, it's disappointing. Right. So I was disappointed. And right away, like, there was this gorgeous silence. And in this space, I say it's my soul. Yeah, my soul spoke. And it said, Tian, you're still alive. What do you want to do now? And I was so at a loss. I said, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I really don't care about this life. I just, you know, I just want to be happy. I hate my life so much. I hate it that I'm not accepted, that I just don't fit in. I hate my weird body. Well, you know, I hate that I'm not man enough for all these people. You know, I hate that, you know, 
the girlfriend left me because of what kind of man are you, you weird man, right? Stuff like that, right? And everywhere was just horrible. So I said, I don't care. I just want to be happy. And my soul said, Tian, you promised me this one thing, okay? If you're going to stick around, you promise me you have a freaking good time with your life. Because if you're not going to, I give you my blessings right now. Just go home. Just go home to your maker. It's okay. And it was so clear. I went, huh, I can if I want to at any point go back home to the universe, stardust myself. Yeah. And I gave myself that permission. Every day I give myself that permission, which allows me to choose every single day. Because mm -hmm. at that point, I chose to live for only one reason, which is for joy. Amazing. And if I'm not having fun, bye-bye, I'm done. Amazing. What a great way to live. Like what a, and I think, you know, in following you and following, you know, your story and, and your presence online, it's, that's the thing that I'm always drawn to is that you exude this joy of life. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and what an incredible gift to come out of such a moment of darkness in your life to find this joy. Mm. Absolutely. And people always say, well, I, I, how, you can't, that's just ridiculous. How can you be happy all the time? And I always <laughs> remind people, you can't be happy all the time. It's not physically possible. Mm -hmm. But where you want to be at most of the time is neutral. Yes. Not in the place of upset, blame, anger. Of course, you're going to be angry if, you know, the anvil fell on your foot. Of course. Totally. Right? Totally. Of course, you're going to be upset if your house got burnt down or somebody very dear to you passed away. Of course. Be upset. That's part of your rich human experience. Be sad. Be angry. Really like, get in there and hate that person because they've done you wrong. Yeah. Whatever. Go through it but be much more interested in just experiencing that for your gorgeous richness of like, oh, I'm so mad, yeah. right? And then just feel that feeling and then be able to move on. Because most people get stuck in that feeling and just keep on blaming and blaming. Oh, I'm like this because 10 years ago, 20 years ago, my boyfriend left me. I'd be like, really? Yeah. 20 years ago, you're still like that, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think, I mean, you've said so much that is important, but one of the things I think mm -hmm. that is really important that you mentioned is, is the word choice that you give yourself choice. And I think when we, uh, we can look at life that way, that it is a choice. It's a choice it's to live joyfully and it's a choice to stay in that blaming suffering place. Yes. And yes. you realize we have choice to me. That's, that really is empowerment. Yeah. At any moment, we can choose. Mm -hmm. And it takes practice. Yes, totally. It really takes practice. People, people need to know the access, right? So in my work, when I teach, whether, you know, whichever formats of teaching that I'm in, whether in my artwork or in my programs and courses, um, you know, I'm teaching, allowing people to fully accept where they're at. Because acceptance is that place of neutrality and peace. You got to be okay. You got to accept. You got to accept that weird body that you're in. <laughs> totally. You got to accept your age. Yeah. You got to accept your skin is hanging off that arm like that. Mm -hmm. You got to accept your eye kind of maybe droops a little bit. You got to accept that, yeah, maybe you are fat. 
Yeah. You know, like you got to yeah. accept all of it. Because then you have no resistance. It just is. Right. And I think that that, when you do that, that takes the charge off it. Oh, you got it. it. The meaning yeah. away from it. So the now meaning, it's just yeah. what it is. This is what it is. It's so Zen, right? Because mm -hmm. everything else, you know, you do NLP, right? So you really get, it's about programming mm -hmm. your neural patterns. And the patterns are simply about us giving meaning to something that happens. Yes. And that's a foundational Buddhist philosophy that life has no meaning except the meaning that you put to it. Right. Right. And then if we put a meaning of like upset, anger, I hate you, because all they did was they looked at you funny. Well, guess what? <laughs> that becomes real. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But all that person did is they just looked at you a certain way. Or even as Zen, it's like all they did was they hit me. Oh, and then what did I make it mean? I made it mean that they don't love me. I mean, whether it's true or not, doesn't matter, you know. But that's what my brain said about it. My brain said, you don't love me, or I'm undervalued, or nobody loves me, mm -hmm. or, you know, I hate me, you know. Why? What happened was somebody hit me. And if we can just be and look at it for what it is, which is, oh, so-and-so hit me. That's what happened. Yep, that's what happened. Does it mean anything? Nope. Is it good, bad, right, wrong? Nope. Somebody hit me. Yes. It's very challenging in this world where people all want to blame everybody else yes. for injustice. Mm -hmm. None yeah. of it is right or wrong, but we want to be clear that on this planet, we have certain codes, right? That we honor human life. Absolutely. You know, people be equal, people be treated well. And because of that, then we have those standards. Mm -hmm. But then because we have those standards, we cross over into judgment easily. Yes. Right. We want to ensure that we treat people well and everybody has equal access. Mm -hmm. You know, so for example, you got to work on your racist bullshit, right? Yep. <laughs> if you have that stuff going on, because that is not allowing for others to be seen on the same playing field, which means you are dishonoring others with your own judgments. Absolutely. But is it right or wrong? No, it's just what happens. But you want to work on that because we on this planet and society really uphold the value of human life being sacred and people yes. being equally well and, and, and housed and looked after. And because we have that value, we have to look at our stuff about it. Absolutely. And I think, and we're, we're seeing a lot of that right now, right? It's mm -hmm. all coming up to the surface to be looked at and dealt with and, and I think there are, you know, there are some people who want to ignore it and push mm -hmm. it away and I don't want to look at it and don't put it in front yep. of me and leave me alone. Yep. Um, and I don't think that's working anymore because it, mm -hmm. it's, uh, we're at a time where it really is time to look at the wound and take off the bandaid, take a look at what's there yeah. and deal with it. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, absolutely right. And, but then what happens is that when people are once again, giving meaning to what's going on, that's where it gets so confusing, right? If you just look at it, oh, I did this to so-and-so. That's what I did, right? Rather than the automatic thought about it or the automatic opinion about it, the automatic judgment about what you did, then you go into guilt. Yes. Which does you no good. No, not at all. Right? So you kind of look at it, oh, I did this. Oh, wow, I didn't know. I did that. Okay, now I know. Okay, now what? Mm-hmm then you don't even need to deal with all that stuff. 
absolutely yeah and if you do go there that's fine just be in it just like we talked about the sadness and all that stuff yeah. just be in it feel your guilt feel your sadness for your stupidness so, you know <laughs> feel your sadness because you acted a certain way that was not nice and not kind and horrible and all violent feel it feel guilty for a little bit fine but don't stay there no no yeah. And I think that's, and you said earlier, it's, you know, go through it. And that's the, go through it. the important part yeah. is go through it. Don't stay there, go through. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. the thing with guilt, like from an NLP perspective uh. is, is guilt, when it's, guilt is there to tell us we violated our own values or our own boundaries. Well said. And then the, the purpose of it is to get the learning from it. And when you get the learning, you can let go of the guilt. There's no reason to hang on to guilt. No. Nope. You learned. Yeah. And that's the only way that we move on from our mistakes. Yeah. People, guilt doesn't stop people from repeating behavior, repeating mistakes. What does stop that is you get the learning from the mistake and then you don't yeah. make it again. Yeah. Yeah. Guilt only just pe keeps people perpetuating uh, some belief that I did something wrong and allows them to keep a victim thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel guilty because I don't spend enough time with you. And then you start not honoring yourself. Now you do it because you feel guilty rather than I do it because I love to do this. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. I don't want your guilt. Don't hang out with me if you're guilty. That's just nasty shit. Yeah. It's just dirty. Well, and energetically. It's, energetically, it's yuck. Gross. Right? Yeah. It feels yeah, it's gross. gross. And it yeah, lowers yeah. healing in the body. So if we Very want to be good. healthy yeah. and, uh, and live vibrant, healthy lives, it, you, yeah. can't, you can't stay feeling guilty. No. 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 It doesn't work. No. It's, it's icky. Yeah, it is. It's icky. <laughs> it's exactly it. It's icky. Yes. So now that you're, you know, you're, you've moved through all this in your life and you're living this place of joy, um, what is life like for you now? Uh, life is um, always created. So I'm the kind of person who likes to do a lot of things. I think on some level, my soul said, you're going to come to earth, right? You're going to have a good time and I'm going to give you lots of really challenging moments so you're fully entertained nice. it's like this rock star movie you're gonna like want to kill yourself people are gonna beat you <laughs> people are gonna spit on you you're yeah. gonna you know cut yourself and bleed all over the place you're gonna have horrible things happen to you and then you go Ta -da! <laughs> it's a great movie and i overcome all my <laughs> all the challenges and i have an amazing life <laughs> that's fine that's that's how i can view it right but because I'm aware that uh, life is created, which means I get to now say, I used to be the kind of person who lived life subjected to by other things going on. I'm only happy if you honor me because I'm trans, then I'll be happy. So I had no choice, no say over the quality yeah. of my life. It always depended on somebody else. I'll be happy if you don't beat me today. Right? Right. So I had zero power. I wasn't allowing my soul to speak. So now, given that that work is done, there's always other things to look at for sure. Mm -hmm. But I can firmly say a big part of all that really, you know, I exist on a different level now or different awareness now that, you know, that stuff. Yeah. Totally. whatever right i'm done with that I'm complete with that aspect in my life uh life is created so because of that i get to do a, a lot of things and i honor myself and when myself and my heart 
you know, when I say self, it's my soul. And I say that my soul speaks through my heart because nice. it makes me happy. Oh, that thing makes me happy. Okay, I'll go do that. It's that simple, right? Something perks my interest and makes me happy. Oh, I'll go do that. So if there's different things that I want to do, I'll just do them all. I don't believe in any of the stories anymore that I can't. Or I shouldn't based on business models, conventional business models. Say you have to network a certain way. You have to do your Instagram feed a certain way. You have to join this kind of thing so that your business can succeed. Well, I did that. I lost all my money. Yeah. I lost my gorgeous design a lot because I believed that that was what it was. I wasn't listening to my heart. Mm -hmm. my heart said do it this way and just be happy doing it nice then it works out so how i get to do a lot of different things now yeah which i i see on your instagram and i'm always all right so fascinating (laughs) i'm I'm curious because it's because a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs so Mm. how do you like how do you connect that joy to Mm. business and Mm. and still prosper in this physical world and make money oh great right yeah. How, how do, where's that magic sort of piece there? How do we do that? Um, the ma- I would say that there is obviously given that the, I described life on earth. So I might speak like I'm some weird alien because sometimes <laughs> I kind of am, you know, I believe we're all aliens because we're all a soul came down from wherever and came to planet earth to live here. So on some level, our souls are alien. Absolutely. And here on this planet, we have these bodies these mammalian bodies that our souls occupy and then some souls will choose to occupy the body of a slug or a or a cat or a tiger you know or a dinosaur that died right like whatever right so but those of us who are humans we are souls that occupy a human body and given that we're uh, have human bodies there's certain systems that work for us there's certain things we do that are in place now because humans in our homo sapien form have been around for 200,000 years we've developed habits so we walk a certain way yep. right when we uh we design our cars a certain way because that's how our mechanism of our form works right in some other planet maybe it's like a different thing totally because <laughs> who knows what body they have right um or not but here, we, our lives work a certain way and we understand rules a certain way because we live on a planet where there's gravity and there's air to breathe. So because of these, um, I won't say constraints, but because of these uh, guidelines mm-hmm. of how we live as a human body, which means we have to breathe, a certain amount, we have to drink this amount of bar, we have to eat, we have to pee, we have to sleep you know, we have to walk. Those are all part of our must do in order for a body to live and survive and then thrive. There are certain codes or certain things that we have to make sure is done in our business. Otherwise, it doesn't work Right. for the vehicle called business as a mode for income or for sustenance or for joy or fulfillment, mm-hmm. right? Number one thing with all entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs basically at least know this aspect, is, which is you choose this business that's yours. Because why? You would hope that most people do it because they love it. For sure. 
Now, there are people who open their entrepreneurial business because their family said they should do it. So, yes. you know, good luck. You know, you yeah. go find a way. <laughs> I don't know what, you, but you got to do some work there yeah. to ensure that you are aligned with your business, which means you love it. Mm-hmm. If you don't love it, please stop it. Don't dishonor yourself. Stop that. Do something else. So as entrepreneurs, number one is you have to love what you do. Because what you do as a business is who you are. Hence, we live it, breathe it. You know, I woke up dreaming. I woke up trying to figure out how to work out. In 2 a.m. this morning, I woke up trying to figure out how to do this Google form so that it best worked out for the next level, you know, of success or popularity, certain bits of my work is. Right. The custom orders that I'm getting now. I woke up thinking about how to work out a Google form. I was like, really? <laughs> oh my God. But that why? Because it's our work. It's what we yeah. love to do. So of course, you're going to be living, dreaming, breathing it and talking about it all the time. Right? For sure. So the first thing is we have to honor ourselves. And then we have to also then as a result of understanding that we are living this thing called our business, we've got to stop thinking about it like, I have to work this so much in order to do this. It's got to give me this amount of yield for it to be satisfying. That's all just very, very uh, constraining ways of looking at your business. Totally. And also believing that whole thing around, I have to do it a certain way for this result. Mm -hmm. Because that has you then not, has you then do this thing in order to. Mm -hmm rather than do this thing because you love it yes right yes because the in order to is not fun no unless it's fun great do it that's the only guideline we listen to oh today i have to make calls to so and so oh today i have to go to my networking group and say a bunch of things and come up with a new spiel that's 30 seconds long or 10 seconds long oh you better have fun doing that otherwise it's not 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 going to be powerful it's not going to be aligned it's not going to be flowing with ease yes so that's everybody's individual job because we're all individual unique people we all have the ability to fine tune and listen oh maybe i don't want to do that yeah maybe that doesn't work mm-hmm. and just listen i'm not going to do that i'm going to do this one instead yeah maybe this kind of networking group doesn't work for me. we'll just do that one instead like actually start to choose and not be swayed by what people say it should be. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's a, a huge important piece is not being swayed by what other people say. Yeah. It, how it should go. Yeah. yeah. I know for me, it's like, um, you know, I, I absolutely love what I do and I feel like this is my purpose and right. I kind of fell into it. I didn't, I never, I never thought I'd be an NLP and hypnosis trainer. That was not on my radar. Yeah. 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 Life kind of guided me there and then yeah. here I am. Yeah. Very good. And, uh, and I know that it's like, it's like money feels like a tap to me when I'm totally in alignment with what I do. It's like the faucet yeah. turns on and I don't yeah. think about it. Yeah. And when I'm not in alignment, it turns off. And then I know something, yeah. something, something is, is off. off. Yeah. 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 And then a lot of what people do is they chase the money. Yes. And so they, they push leads, right? They chase after this person who's networking that and that lead rather than know, of course, we're all connected. 
-hmm. just by sharing yourself and your passion, people will come. They will just come. But if you chase them, that is once again doing something in order to. Yes. You're desperate for that money, so I'm going to chase it. Yeah. And then and you sell out. Well, and even just the word chase, like yeah. when you're chasing something, it's running away from. So it's, yeah. you're, you're not going to catch it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You want to just like be that space yeah. where things show up. Yes. And we have to do the work. Obviously, we're not doesn't mean sit around and you know not do anything. Oh, totally. We are in a physical body that has arms and legs. We are supposed to move. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why people think that life is to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Oh, I know. But it's not a potato. That's why they call it couch potato because no arms and no legs, right? Right. <laughs> right. My, but we have arms and legs. We're supposed to do stuff. Do stuff, right? Yeah, it's the action piece. And yeah. My husband sent me this yeah. meme one day, and it was like, um, it said on it do what you love and the money will follow. So I'm sitting yeah. on my couch in my underwear, watching Netflix, waiting for the money to pour in. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and that's what a lot of people think it is. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. Yeah. um, but then they don't take action towards what they want. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's where it all comes into the physical world. Yeah. Yeah. But then that's where that fine tuning part, as we said, like find that balance, right? Because people then do the action in order to. Yes. Whereas if you choose, oh, I'm going to do this action because it's so fun to do this thing. Mm -hmm. I love being able to, you know, design this, the logo or to brand my colors. Right. I love, that's the part I love. That part I don't love. Well, don't do it. It's yeah. okay. Don't worry about it. You know, just spend time doing that thing you love that will grow your business because you do want to grow your business. Totally. You can't just sit at home and expect people to know you. Right. But you've got to put yourself out there. So different ways to do that is to talk and all of that. Good yeah, stuff. do podcasts. Yeah, share <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's so, so many aspects about business, though. Oh yeah. That's why it's such a rich area, right? Because it, it's all self development. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I'm I'm curious at how you got into your work and and specifically into the jewelry because I'm <laughs> the it's jewelry so cool part. what you make. Yeah, I'm a goldsmith, a silversmith, and uh, I have been a smith for about 24 years now. And as you said, it was something that I just fell into. I was in fine arts school, and I was uh, hadn't gotten my limit, my immigrant status yet. And so I was finding ways to kind of make table on the side. I make money on the side, right? Mm -hmm. And in art school, uh, one of my friends uh, did stained glass. So... I thought, sure, why don't you teach me? Maybe I can make teeny tiny little jewelry. So I started off making little glass jewelry for a couple of years. And then I got tired of that because it started catching on and people were all doing it. So I said, no, I want to I wanna work in silver. It's a little bit more value. Mm -hmm. And it's not, cost, it's, not, it's not costume jewelry. It's actually fine jewelry because you're working in a precious metal. Right. And that was all it was. I just put myself into two classes at a community center, at Britannia Community Center in cool. Vancouver. And then the rest of it was just in my own time. I took out a studio right away. I'm not the kind of person, um, and I don't know if this was nurtured or if it was a natural expression for me, but I've never been that kind of person who says, no, I can't. Mm. I just kind of do it. Oh, I need to do this. Okay, fine. Let's just go do it. Right. I want to, oh. uh, you know, whatever. I just don't have that. I want to make that thing. Oh, okay. Just make it. 
because I'm willing, I don't have like weird expectations of needing to succeed mm -hmm. or needing it to sh turn out a certain way or needing it to be really amazing. I just do it. If it's great, great. If it's not, fine, we'll just do it again. So we'll just keep practicing and then I'll get better at something. So with the smithing, that was all it was. I took out my studio and then over time, it just grew and developed. And I left it for a while and I went to interior design school. I was an interior designer for about 10 years after I transitioned, but that was when I was suffering so much in my self-love and self-honor because I internalized all the hatred from outside um, that my business didn't do very well. And, uh, but I'm still a designer at heart. I'll still do some consultations here and there. Cool. I'm sure a consultant as well. So I, I do a lot of different things. But then after I chose to live for joy, the jewelry just came back. It's like my fun playground. Right? I just love, cool. I love making things. I am a maker. I'm tactile. Mm -hmm. so, so it's just grown and grown as a result. And yeah, so it's a big, it's a big part of my, my brand. Right, TM the wizard. I, I am a, a wizard. I do you know all sorts of amazing things. Like I, I make spells, I, and wow. I make beautiful jewelry, and and then I teach and I coach and I do readings and I have guidance cards and la la la. That's so cool. What like I love all the different things that you offer. Yeah. I didn't know about yeah. the spells. What are tell me about the spells? I have spells. Um, I concoct spells and then I have them in little boxes. Uh, you can see them on my Etsy page. Okay. Um. Yeah, and it's called Tien's Magic. Perfect. And uh, my website is coming out very soon. My I have a web store which will carry just my product line. Okay. And that the branding has been kind of funny, right, for a while, because because I do a lot of different things, and humans have a hard time, you know, as we're told in business, sell that one thing because humans are so like <laughs> they can't understand it. Oh, so. But my spells are these beautiful little concoctions with a spray, a gemstone, a candle, and a spell in there to really empower you. Oh, so they're all natural, you know, organic essential oils, uh, beeswax candles. And I have a lot of, I love the world of magic, you know, whether it be pagan magic. And I know a lot about plant magic and plant medicines. <clears throat> and as a jeweler, I've learned all about the gemstones and the qualities. I am an alchemist. I love the mystical magical side of chemistry yeah. so the spells just came around so i have all sorts of spells from like your common ones like love and money but things like dragon's flame which is really great for when you're going through your challenges in your life you bring forth the dragon energy and it really just moves you and helps you burn the past so you can move into a new phase i've got uh -huh. spells like moon that helps you you know have to be more compassionate and more loving kindness a wizard's wand for new adventures, new beginnings. You want to create a new thing, new project. Oh. Lots. I've got like 18. <laughs> so cool. I'm going to check them out for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, That's so awesome. That yeah, fascinates awesome. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, and your jewelry as well, because I have, um, you know, just on a personal note, I have a very special ring for my dad mm -hmm. that I've been, I've been waiting to do something with. And, oh. and I, I often just wear it just as his ring. Yeah, yeah um, of course. But I look at it and I'm like, I want something that, connects the two of us so i've been very good as yeah. i look at all your stuff i'm like when yeah. i'm ready and i'm starting to feel like i'm getting ready to meet into something good. yeah we'll chat we'll talk about it. that is an aspect that's an aspect that i love doing i have a, i do a lot of custom work now i do have a large standard collection as well but most cool. of the so that just you know bread and butter kind of thing but um the custom work is really gorgeous from 
either four areas of custom work, either wedding love bands, wedding bands, uh, men's series uh, for all genders. It's just like a more masculine, like more chunky line. And then I have uh, the power pieces, which are just sacred amulets. So like, like some really like, oh. yeah, so they're all, yeah. So a power piece is something that's who you are, right? Wow. And so because I'm a wizard, I get people for who they really are. I see their soul and I know who someone is and I, I am a symbologist. I know how to interpret that in colors and shapes. So it really stands for who you are, who you say you are, and it just charges you. And then another aspect is the heirloom resetting where I take those old pieces and I transform it into something that really stands for who they are now. Nice. So your piece with your dad's ring would be a combination of the power piece and heirloom reset. So cool. So in the process, I will channel your dad or whatever it is that oh, may wow. sound very flaky, but whatever it is. No, it's just I'm like, no, I'm good with that. That's not happens. flaky to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's a beautiful process. And then I really honor your, your history, your connection. And then we make sure that it's a new piece that you're actually going to happily wear because it works yeah. with your present aesthetic. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to talk with you further about that. Yay. That'll be fun. Very exciting. Very fun. And then you also do coaching and consulting. Where I do. Yeah. So what is your um, what is your coaching consulting side of your business? A big part of my business as a teacher, and then I go into coaching and consulting. As a teacher, I teach uh, a bunch of different courses. My biggest course is called Upgrade Your Gender IQ. Oh. So I upgrade people's gender awareness. So that, and it's not the same old, same old politically correct social justice way of teaching. It's all about like the soul. So I go through a, like a brilliant five distinctions that people just go, oh my God. Okay. This is a whole different conversation. It's about soul connecting with soul. That's what I teach. So that's my biggest course. And then now I've introduced a new one called race and spirituality. Oh, another really gorgeous one. It gives people so much freedom. Nice. So they're not operating out of guilt and obligation. It's like now I can just honor and like it's a brilliant process. So that's another course I teach. I teach a mindfulness for queers. A new series begins this Wednesday. And then I consult for a film and theater. So people need a little bit of like, um, not a little bit, but they need, uh, they need me to come in and consult on their scripts to make sure that if they've got like, they're up, they're really like gender savvy, or if they have a trans or non-binary character, like how do you ensure that that, that character is written really well, you know, so that it's full Perfect. and it doesn't play on the same old, you know, ignorance mm -hmm. or stereotypes. So I, that's the kind of consulting I do apart from, you know, other kinds of design or whatever art yeah. consulting, I also do that. And then coaching, I coach people from ordinary daily things, but I'm starting to uh, move especially more into like coaching people around gender stuff. So right now, my most favorite little coachee is a 10-year-old kid. And that's oh, just what I'm so amazing. enjoying. So enjoying. So there's, and then of course, adults, people, you know, people who have gender issues or, you know, are really challenged or their family or parents of a child or partners so i i it looks like my coaching is moving into that specialty but i coach a lot of people around like just how to live a really really fulfilled joyful life oh. how to really live your best biggest life right we have about 100 years or, or more if we yeah. choose right, in this human yeah. body make it a great one yeah i yeah. 
Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to share all of your links in the show notes so that, um, That's great. so that all my listeners can, they can Aww, find so you funny. and all your different hey. offerings and courses and your jewelry and everything that you do. And, and you. I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Aww. This has been an amazing conversation. I've enjoyed having you here and, and thank, thank you so you. much. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends, leave a five-star review, but most importantly, go follow Tian and check out everything that he has to offer. I'm going to share all of his links in the show notes. So make sure that you reach out and connect with him, follow him. Um, you will, you will not regret that decision. I promise you that. And I hope that you are all having a fantastic day. Oh, and before I forget on my next episode, I have Stefan and Shaylee Shafital on the show, and they are a dynamic powerhouse duo. And they're going to be talking about mastering your mind power. You do not want to miss this. These are two of my trainers and they're just, they're phenomenal. They're absolutely phenomenal people. So you want to check that out. That'll be in the next episode. So make sure that you're subscribed to the Terry Holland show so that you always get the latest episodes first and you don't have to wait and you'll always know when the next one's available. All right. Hope you all have a fantastic day and I will be back soon.